Hey everyone, my name is Bobby Angus. I'm going to be one of your hosts for 10 at Final Fantasy VII Podcast. My co-hosts are Ken Tormey and Will Sliney. The purpose of this podcast was to bring together three people who all had different experiences with Final Fantasy VII, the original, and different levels of love for the original game. We wanted to play the remake version together and be able to see how each of us respond to it, all coming from different backgrounds with the game. The reason we chose the name Tent was because on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, we're going to be trying to rotate in different friends of ours who also have the same love for the game as we do. Some of our guests that we have lined up are Sean Crystal, Michael Walsh, and Ricardo Ortiz. We are excited to announce more in the future, and we hope you stick with us for the duration of the show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Ten Final Fantasy VII Podcast. I'm very pleased and thrilled to announce that today we have Sean Crystal on as our guest, uh, and we're going to be taking a deep dive into the character uh, designs of Final Fantasy VII, specifically Cloud, Sephiroth, and Aerith, as well as a little bit of Midgard. So, Sean, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Bobby. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. One, I'm obviously a, a big fan of your art, and uh, you know we've been. Uh, so I'm very excited to have you uh, come on the show and tackle this topic. Well, thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So uh, some background on my end is um, <laughs> this all started because I saw you like my tweet announcing the show. And I was like, oh, my God, is Sean a Final Fantasy fan? Like, I have to get him on the show in some capacity. But then you actually told me you never play the game. So. No, I was just excited that you were having this new show, so it was like a way of supporting you. <laughs> but yeah, I've never even played the game. So, um, can you, with that said, uh, like, do you have any prior knowledge to the game, or are you just it's just something? I mean, I guess it's been in my periphery for a long time. I mean, we were just talking about Cloud and his sword, and I know exactly what that sword is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember the first version of the game coming out and how big it was and i remember looking at some of the concept art and enjoying that but that was what was that 15 years ago how old is this game yeah i think this game came out in the early 90s oh it's even older okay yeah i remember like so oddly enough when i went to my cousin's house as a kid or my aunt's house or no sorry my grandma's house got it right um he actually had the demo for this game and I didn't really understand, like thinking back, like what this was. And on a previous podcast uh, or episode, excuse me, I kind of described how I fell in and out of the game. So, but, um, you know, I'm glad that is, uh, you know, even though someone like yourself hasn't played it, it still has that cultural appearance that people still know about cloud, the buster sword, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we, so obviously today we're talking about character design specifically, um, but before we dive into Final Fantasy VII, do you want to tell us a little bit about some experience you have with character design, maybe on a comic aspect or sure, sure. any other aspect? Um, yeah, uh, well, one thing I did was I art directed and designed an entire pilot for Adult Swim called Bad Guys that was created by Paul Shear and um, his writing partner, Nick, who I worked with the both of them on a... Um, Guardians team-up issue from Marvel. And they had had this cartoon in their, uh, in development in their, just together between the two of them for uh, over a decade. And they had pitched it and Adult Swim bought a pilot from them. And an animation studio was hired to make the pilot come to life. But uh, apparently... 
I think it was for over a year, this animation studio couldn't land one design that Paul and Nick liked. It just didn't share the vision they had. Mm-hmm. Now, when I worked with them, we clicked really well. Right. And we all got along and we all kind of had similar tastes in hip hop. And mm-hmm. it was a fun experience. So they contacted me one day and just asked if I would take a stab at it over a weekend while I was just sitting at my table, uh, sitting on my couch at home watching TV. So I, that's what I did. I took a stab at, um, I want to say, three of the main characters, just really loose sketches. And they fucking loved it and said I nailed the design immediately on each one. So they asked me to design the five primary characters. Mm -hmm. And after I did those, they then asked me to design all the characters. And then they asked me to just art direct the entire pilot. Um, so I did, and it's on YouTube. It's called bad guys. I think if you Google bad guys, adult swim pilot, you can see it. And it, it, this show didn't get picked up. Um, which I can't understand because like Keegan, Michael key is the voice of the main character. You've got Paul Shear in it. You've got Jason Manzoukas, everyone that's in Paul's like circle. Yeah. Is on the show and it's hilarious and it's basically a spoof on gi joe bad guys oh my gosh i feel so first of all i love paul Shear. i was a huge fan of the league you know i love yeah. jason Mitsukis, all those guys so awesome i just actually googled it and you can definitely find it so i'll uh, i'll make sure to drop that link in uh the podcast description for this episode yeah every time i watch the pilot out. i'm like this was this is money and in fact I did such a good job on design. Um, when they showed it to Adult Swim, they were shocked mm-hmm. that the designs, they're like, how did you get these designs on that budget? And that's when they, they just mentioned me. And I, I did, I mean, I worked on them. I got paid I, I, and I got paid okay. I, not probably what I should have, but I knew that going in, knowing that if it got picked up, the money would be there on the back. Yeah, but it didn't matter. It was just it was fun. I learned a lot. So yeah, I've I've got some extensive design experience there, and most any comic I've drawn, I'd say maybe a good seventy percent of them I've had to design a character in each mm-hmm. book. It just comes with the turf. Um, some were like big designs that required like DC approving because we were designing new bad guys for the Gotham universe, right? Arkham Manor and some were just like tertiary characters in Deadpool. So uh, yeah, I've got some experience there for sure. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it sounds like we can go on for an excessive time about your background and character design. Um, but yeah, you, yeah. clearly you're, uh, you're very qualified for this conversation. So I'm happy we got you on. Thank you. But so we'll start pivoting towards final fantasy, but when you design a character, like how would you say how important is the character design to the story? Like it's the first person or the first thing that a person sees when they dive into it. So would you say it's one of the most important things, you know, towards maybe not as important or just kind of what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the most important things. Uh, I think of drawings, especially in comics and animation too. Um, drawings serve to communicate narrative. So the design of a character has to communicate their personality. Um, They have to be easily readable. Like all the things we think of words and letters doing are 
design or character designs have to do the same. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you don't, the design is everything. Like the, the Joker works because like you can see his, everything about him in the design and Batman too. And I mean, the whole Batman rogues gallery in the Gotham universe, most of those designs are so Iconic. well done. Yeah. So well done. And, um, they're really, yeah, they really are some of the best designs in comics. So I'm glad you said that, like talking about like how important these things are and with you not having played the game. Um, so I actually sent you over uh, some characters from Final Fantasy VII, uh, specifically Cloud, uh, Sephiroth, and Aerith. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and play, uh, we're going to try and make this a little bit of a fun game. So you haven't played the story at all. You no. haven't played any of the game. So let's start with Cloud, for example. Okay. If you take a look at his character design, what can what do you think this character is about? I know a little bit, so I'm gonna just state that. But I do see him as um, a hero of sorts. Um, he's got a very inviting um, look to his face and haircut. His features are, I mean, aside from his spiky hair, uh, his facial features are, are very warm, inviting, soft. But when it comes to design, the first thing I look at, <clears throat> and this this I learned from a lot of like art of Disney books, uh, I look at the silhouette, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most important things is that your character have a very unique and recognizable silhouette, and that that silhouette tell you something about the character. So, for example, in Aladdin, um, everyone's very soft and and curvy in terms of their design except for um what's his face the bad guy jafar jafar right so jafar is all these pointy sharp edges and if you look in the art of of aladdin you'll see that um so what that does is it starts to give the audience a feeling of the character it's like we it taps into your subconscious like you think of pointy edges as as uncomfortable sharp dangerous so that, in contrast with Aladdin, the genie, everyone, they have these. They don't have those pointed edges. Mm-hmm. So um, when I look at like Cloud has pointed hair, and it's not to say a, a character can't be good if they have pointed hair. I, that's true, but um, that's also kind of why I see like there's there is an element of danger in him in in probably a good way that he's, he can fight. He is protective. Uh, he does have that spiky hair. Um, so I, I kind of get that from him. I mean, yeah, you can see he's, he's not overly muscular, but he's, he's toned and in shape, uh, which leads, leads me to believe he's a soldier of some kind. Uh, he does have a little bit of armor on, not too much, which is good because it doesn't, hide him or make me suspicious of him in terms of design. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, like, okay, so th- that's my general impression of him. Now I do know right. going in that he is kind of a hero of the game, but right. that kind of explains what I'm seeing and why. So, now I also think the blonde hair does help. It's, it lightens him up because he's got all these dark clothes on. Mm-hmm. But the the blonde hair and the flesh showing lightens him up a bit, whereas I would 
if I were designing him to be a bad guy, I'd probably give him dark hair um, and cover him a little more. So uh, I'm actually on uh, his uh, Wikipedia page here, and I'll kind of read you off his personality description real quick because I think uh, you actually were able to identify a couple of things right off the bat, which, again, highlights the importance of uh, character design. So Cloud unknowingly holds a fake persona of a cocky and headstrong soldier, simultaneously denies his uh, true self, yet longs for an identity. So you basically hit a couple of the, uh, the big things right off the top of the right on the head. He's a soldier, you know, he's the main guy right. um, and his personality. Um, so I think um, I think that definitely you got that one. So do you want to talk? He's the one with the big sword. Yeah, he uh, he has the the iconic Buster Sword. Okay, which is, I think the, so. We we kind of tapped on that a little earlier. I think that's mm-hmm. a great great element of the design because, like I said, when we're talking about silhouettes, mm-hmm. I mean that sword just creates a silhouette I've never seen anywhere before, right. and it's very exaggerated and unrealistic, but. I, you know, I, the game is called Final Fantasy. It's fantasy. It's not real. Yeah. So I don't yeah. need to worry about, you know, it, what, what are the logistics of the sword? For me, like, I hate when things are, when reality puts too many rules on, on uh, design and narrative, it really flattens the possibilities of what's out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I always think of like Joe Mad's designs are always so fucking awesome. Yeah, Joe Mad. It, I mean, he's he's the comic guy of the '90s for a lot of people. Yeah, and he those. designed. He's got that video game company with uh, was it Darksiders? Uh, Is that his game? Yeah, um, I think it's called Airloft Studios. Yeah, uh, but Dark every Riders. time I see the concept work, those silhouettes are so awesome and they're so exaggerated and so powerful looking. I love them. Mm-hmm. Love them. So. Based on your talk with this particular sword, um, let's jump over to Sephiroth. Okay. Um, and just to back up, like the sword stuff, like when I got the job on Mother Panic, mm-hmm. when I saw Tommy's designs for the like Mother Panic, that silhouette was just one of the best I'd seen. And those giant gloves. Oh, I love those so giant gloves. So wonderfully ridiculous. I love drawing them. I I. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was one of my, I think that's actually what sold me on mother panic. I was like, okay, like Batman universe. Cool. Like kind of like tough guy. And then those giant gloves. I'm like, you have me at that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, In fact, I'm doing a, a new Batman print where I'm just redesigning Batman for fun mm-hmm. and I'm giving him giant gloves like that. Oh, sign <laughs> me up. Right, cool. um, <laughs> but so actually, um, you want to do Sephiroth? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So if if you scroll down at the link I sent you, if you go to his profile, yeah, and you see that little uh, picture on the left, you notice in comparison to Cloud, for example, like Cloud has the Buster Sword. It's like you know, big, wide, like obnoxiously big. Right. Sephiroth has um, I can't remember the name of his sword, but he has like a long samurai sword yeah i see that again so a a great design choice separates him from the other character but go ahead so i was gonna say do you like do you make those kind of conscious decisions to juxtapose the sword that greatly when you're designing characters like yeah like if i've got a bad guy and a good guy i think it's a great idea to you know use uh, like opposing features like i think 
what like let's just Batman and Joker. Batman's generally drawn as big and muscular and mm-hmm. dark and menacing, and the Joker's the opposite. He's small and frail and colorful. So yeah, I think that's great. It it gives you it just makes you feel like these are opposing forces. And I think that's smart. And that's what I liked about seeing the samurai sword. It's huge, but it's thin and delicate versus the other one, which is just massive and, and destructive looking. Yeah, it seems like one is more skill and the other one's like brute force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they seem like opposing forces. Um so then let's Let's take a let's kind of dive more into Sephiroth as a whole then, uh, versus just the swords, which I mean, two of the coolest weapons ever. But if you take a look at Sephiroth's character design here, can you kind of walk us through it like you were doing with Cloud? Yeah. Um, so this is like I'm, some of the things I said will apply here. Like I see mm-hmm. him as the bad guy. Like I said with Cloud, if I was designing him as a bad guy, I'd cover up that skin to make him darker. With mm-hmm. like, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. We're seeing him very covered up with dark features, very little skin. Um, and he's got this cloak that is covers up almost all of his body. Um, he's got the long hair, which covers part of his face. And all these things make you feel like you can't know him. There's, a, there's something mysterious about him. And the opposite of Cloud. I said Cloud was inviting. This design is more uninviting. He's he's an I can see he's an attractive bad guy like Cloud's attractive mm-hmm. good guy, so I get that. Um, but I think all of these design choices are are working in his favor to describe him as as the antagonist. So I guess um, you talk about um, Cloud's face, but like I I from a gaming perspective, there's this one scene um, in the game where there's just like fire everywhere, and you just see Cloud's face, and it's probably like. I guess, like, besides the Buster Sword, that's, like, one of the most iconic moments for me. Yeah. Uh, just, like, experiencing the game. So I'm I'm really glad you kind of touch on his face and Cloud's face specifically. Um, but I'm just going to pull up. So I'll kind of do the same thing I did with Cloud, and I'll give you uh, a little bit of Sephiroth's personality. Yeah, let me just real quick say, so, like, with mm-hmm. Sephiroth, what I am also seeing is his features are sharper. His eyes look mm-hmm. thinner and, um, and more squinty. His nose looks sharper, whereas Clouds is a little softer. Uh, Clouds' mouth looks a little softer. So uh, those are all things that I think were made intentionally to separate the two between good and bad. Oh, that's a that's a great point. Um, so here's a little bit of Sephiroth's personality. So prior to his madness, Sephiroth maintains an outwardly professional demeanor, uh, cold exterior, professional attitude, uh, and he only – Sephiroth is intelligent and respects those he deems worthy. So it seems like, again, you hit the nail on the head. He's very, you know, this is me. I'm like conf- – or don't confront me. I will confront you if I deem you worthy. So, Sean, you seem to – Clearly, uh, seems to be able to identify characters and their designs quickly. <laughs> well, I think that's more the success of the designers than anything I've done. <laughs> that's a very modest answer, Sean. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll we'll dive into the last character here. Um, so the last character that I sent over to you was Aerith. Yeah. Uh, so 
this is a in comparison to the other two i was at just from an outsider's perspective with minimal character design if any character design history uh her costume in comparison seems very simple i guess i'll say mm-hmm. would you say that's am i looking at this from a wrong perspective like or would you would you agree with me in that perspective i, I don't know if i'd use the word simple um i understand what you're saying the silhouette is is a little little simpler sure um but i I see a lot of intention in in what she is she is wearing um i guess i would call it it's not ornamental but like i see this this dress and is her hair tied up with something is that what i'm seeing yeah she has a bow in the back right okay so that's what i was gonna say is like all these things are making me think of they're very feminine, but they also make me think of of little girl at, at times, uh, or just looking at, at the design. Um, almost there's an innocence there, like a little girl. Um, but then I see this red, um, like little jacket with straps, and and that contradicts the information of the innocent girl and also the black boots. So. I see that there's there's more to this character than you probably get upon first appearance. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, well, I'll, I'll do this full disclosure here. Do you have any intention of playing the game or no? I, I mean, no, I, look, it's nothing against the game. I just, I have never have time for video games. No, totally understandable. Uh, I was, because I was going to say, so Aerith, um, she, her personality describes upbeat and joyful. She attempts to cheer up the fellow parties. She was raised in like the slums of the main area. I was going to say she, peasant girl. I was going to say that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So um, she was kind of always viewed as, um, like, or in the beginning of the game, they kind of play off her, like being like a love interest for cloud, things like that, trying to go in that angle. But so the original game is divided up into three separate discs. And, Full spoilers coming up. Um, at the end of disc one, Aerith is suddenly killed off by Sephiroth. Okay. So you only actually get to experience her in full in one disc, and then she kind of lingers in the background the second and third disc. So with that in mind, does that change anything uh, in regards to character design, knowing you have her for sh- such a short time in comparison to the other characters where – you have like a third of the story to get to know her versus them. You have like a full story story arc. Excuse me. It, it does make me wonder about the choice of red for that jacket. I mean, red usually connotates a, a sense of, of something risky or dangerous or, or, or it can be symbolic of blood. So it it makes me wonder like, were they foreshadowing her death with that red jacket? I never thought about that. I, I mean, the red to blood seems so simple yet. Huh? Yeah. I mean, cause you've got basically a very innocent looking peasant girl with a red jacket that just screams. I mean, the red is the color of the devil. Red is the color of the temptress. Like there's all these things red is, is associated with. And it, it if you've got this innocent peasant girl, there's a reason they gave her that red jacket. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, it's, that's such a good point. It's like, I feel like, you know, I just had an epiphany because you said that. Cause it's like screaming, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm going to have to like 
I feel like now I have to go back and replay the entire game with that in mind. Um, <laughs> so uh, one thing I was going to kind of touch upon is, you know, can you give us a description what the characters are like? But we we did that, and I think you did a great job of that. Thank, so thank you. you for doing that. Sure. Um, so let's take a kind of a step back now. Okay. Um, these three character designs that we uh, went over, what are your like? What are your thoughts on them as a whole? Do you feel they fit the game? Do you like? Would you say like I like these designs? I I would change these designs. Like, what are your thoughts on the? I, I like the designs. There's a there's a definite harmony to them where they do all look like they belong in the same world, and that's really important because, like I've talked about, like designing characters individually, but you also have to think in in the um in terms of the language of the universe you're building or what you know the world mm-hmm. you're building. So, it's hard to like. Like, for example, imagine having um, uh, Robert Crumb design a character and then Joe Mad in the same universe. I'm not saying it can't work, mm-hmm. but automatically it brings uh, – th- there's nothing uniform there in the universe. And if that's the intent of the story, like Wreck-It Ralph, I get it. Like, yeah, you've got – Ralph and Felix are all from one game, but you've got all these other characters from other games, so they are supposed to look like they're all from very different worlds. This game is one world, so I do automatically get the feeling that they're of a shared universe. I mean, I see some manga anime influence within the designs. Um, There's some fantasy elements that are common throughout within the designs. So um, there is a shared logic that, that is well done. Do you mind? So, I'm kind of interested in that comment you said the mag the magna designs in it. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little more? Because that's the first time I've heard that. Like generally, that like, manga influence on the designs. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand uh, Final Fantasy was originally a Japanese game. Uh, Square Enix, I believe, is a Japanese company. But like, no one's ever connected the two before can you kind of dive oh, into really that? it's it's like the I, first I mean, thing at least I in my experience. Yeah, I never... no, it was the first thing I noticed. Um, the, the features, the eyes and the nose, um, the big eyes, the, the thin, small noses, they're all very manga and anime looking in origin. Cloud's hair, I mean, it's similar. So like Naruto and, and other mangas, that sharp, spiky, pointy hair is very common in different manga and anime. Um, and then I see these little thumbnails underneath the full figure, mm-hmm. like those are manga anime drawings. Uh, but, you know, like I see like My Hero Academia in that, in like uh, you had me do a commission of All Might. Yep. And like I see these like front, like long strands of hair, like on each side of the head. And that that's another common thing you see in, in anime and manga. Um so, yeah, I mean, looking at these little thumbnails, I can go back to the, I can see back to the earliest version of the game, which looks very pixelated. Mm-hmm. And even there, the eyes are even bigger and more manga and anime inspired. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so interesting. I've never like I guess I never bridged the two before and I never heard anyone bridge the two before. So I'm really glad you kind of dived in. And like now that you said that, like I it totally clicked and makes sense. I see that. So. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> Just another reason to go back and watch My Hero Academia and play Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got time now. <laughs> I know. I got I got all the time in the world, or at least until April 30th. Yeah. So 
Um, so now that we covered all three character designs as a whole, and you said you you like the character designs, yeah, I do. I do. If we take a look uh, at these designs specifically, like Cloud, Sephiroth, and Aerith, would you go in and make any changes to the designs? Like, would you let's for say Cloud, like he's a soldier, would you give him more armor? Because like. Or is it supposed to? Or do you like the idea that like, hey, he's a soldier, he has a little armor. This is like the fantasy world. Like, are there, are there any changes you would make to any? Of these no, like I that? said, like there's enough armor on him for me to recognize him as a soldier. It's important that he's not fully covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you make like the shoulder armor bigger, or you exaggerate any of the forms, um, I just worry it makes him look weaker because he's looking so protected, and he's not like. He's not like a Hulk. Like if right. you covered a Hulk in massive armor, it's he's not going to look weak. But if you color cover like, you know, he's he's an athletic looking dude in a lot of armor, it can make him look smaller and weaker. So, uh, I don't, yeah, it seems like the design choices were all very smart. It's good to. I would say I agree with you on everything so far, Sean. I'm so glad I brought you on to this. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, Note to the Final Fantasy VII, Sean Crystal approves your design. <laughs> <laughs> so if we take a look, or one other thing that actually you mentioned uh, when we first started talking was you really like the ca- or the world design, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, the, the like world building. Yeah. So if we take a look at the world of Midgard itself as a whole, we'll consider the world and character as one thing for the sake of this argument. Um so, like, can you kind of walk us through the same way that you walk through, um, like, the characters? Like, do you find these characters fit into this world? Do you find they don't fit into this world? Like, just yeah, overall impression. Um, it's hard for me to tell. Like, I have that little thumbnail of this massive-looking city. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like a castle in the middle with a wall around it. Um, but it's so small, it's hard to tell. And as I scroll down, I can see, like like a more in the city. It does look a bit like a a fantasy metropolis. So that seems to work. Um, I'm just scrolling through and looking. Um, It's very, some of the screens look very fantasy like, which works. Mm -hmm. Some of them are looking a little star Warsy, which, and this might just be my Western background. I'm not sure. I see the harmony in that and the designs I saw. I mean, mm-hmm. if I played the game and knew more about it, it might make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I look at those characters, I think of a more, I don't think of a technological looking environment like a metropolis. Um, and yet it looks to me in some of the shots like there is that. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um it definitely has, or it's definitely a metropolis. Um, it's a multi-layer city with the huge corporation running the city at the middle. So, uh, I never heard someone compare it to star Wars though, but the way, so I'm just looking at this one frame. It's, I mean, everything's so small. It's hard to like, no, I can click on them in a larger, never mind. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah, it's just one frame. I see that makes me think of star Wars. It's like a, a circular tunnel with technology everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I can scroll through all these images now. Okay, this gives me a better look. Let me let me start this over again. 
All right, so there, I can see the whole city. Yeah, it's a really cool-looking city. I mean, it really is cool-looking. Uh, I like the design of it. I like how industrial it looks. I guess that's what that's a better word for it. I don't the characters don't seem to come from an industrial environment. Uh, but the environment is very industrial from what I'm seeing. So I I mean, I'm sure there's a reason that is like that and if I played the game I might understand it, but from the outside looking in I would have designed that differently. Yeah, so, I mean, the the basic premise I kind of explained in the beginning of the game is if you take a look at the very top picture, the, like, main picture on the screen, you see that giant, yeah. like, hub in the center. Yeah. So that's a company called Shinra, and they're trying to farm energy from the planet, and that's, like, what they're trying, and that's kind of what the city's doing as a mm-hmm. whole. So that kind of just gives you a little bit more insight. I mean, I guess, like, if I was designing it in in a very fantasy minded set i would i mean sure you'd want technology but i get like i think like the dark crystal like that had a very um non-industrial look to the technology mm-hmm. and uh or not as industrial i guess i might have just played with that differently i i but again i'm speaking from an ignorant position here no, I, I, I'm very excited that you're speaking from that perspective because uh, we kind of talked about this on a previous episode with myself, Will, and Kien. Uh, Kien and I have this like deep love and passion that we don't think about things. Like you mentioned, like you're from an outsider's perspective, you love the Buster Sword. Will Sliney, who's never played the game, said, from an outsider's perspective, I hate the Buster Sword. I think it doesn't work. It's unpractical. So I'm, I'm. One, I'm really happy that you're able to kind of comment from an outside perspective with no, uh, or with limited knowledge of the game. So, uh-huh. okay, I'm looking at a frame now where it looks like it's in gameplay. Um, it's frame, I don't know if there's a number to it, uh, sector seven, it's called. Um, and that looks like primitive industrial. I see a lot of wood. I see mm-hmm. some metal, and that works for me better than the impression I got of the, the long shot of the whole city. This looks a little more chaotic, a little less uh, designed, uh, a, a little less intentional. Like you can see it being built as they're growing and, and developing. Yeah, so that's actually uh, the slums of the okay. main city. So they had like uh, that's where a lot of the characters or the beginning of the game takes place in the slums. You learn about uh, Aerith, you learn about some of the other characters. Yeah. I guess from the character designs, like I think it it makes me think it comes from a world similar to Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And while there are major cities in that, they don't look industrial like what I'm seeing here. So like this area that you're calling the slums, like that's what I would just imagine city looking like in a fantasy world. And again, that just might be my, my Western influence. No, I think that's a, I never thought of it that way. That's a, cause I guess when I, uh, based on my track record of playing final fantasy, like when I think of fantasy, I kind of think of the first image. You know, a lot of final fantasy games look like that, but I'm glad that you or I'm interested in that perspective that you mentioned that in terms of your fantasy, you kind of view it more Lord of the Ringsy um yeah just based on the designs like from yeah if i saw the city first i'd expect to see more 
technology, more mechanics involved mm-hmm. in the design themselves. I'd expect to see some electricity, some mm-hmm. um, device like portable devices or robotics of some kind, because that's what the city makes me think of. Got it. Uh, that's that's really a uh, really interesting point. Really interesting comment. How different being showed different information first and use different perspectives. Um, so I guess I'll get, we're getting towards uh, the end of the time here. So I'll just wrap up with two more questions if that okay. works for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so as we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, this game was made, you know, whatever bits it was, you know, in the late nineties or early nineties, excuse me. And now it's being remastered or remade, excuse me, it's a technical term. So does that, so they made these characters, so the, I guess the question I'm trying to get at is they made these characters with that bit, like the small bit technology and not the technology we had today in mind. So with that being said, does that like change or how do you like character design for that and then translate it with the hard, like larger technology? Does that. Well, I think like if you're dealing with like, like more pixelated, like eight bit, 16 bit graphics, which is Mm -hmm. what it looks like it was designed for originally the, uh, the silhouette becomes even more important uh, in terms of just a simple read of mm-hmm. the character. And, and then that big sword makes even more sense um, applied to that logic. And then as te- from what I can see, as technology developed, they, they added more naturalism or realism into the design while maintaining the, the silhouette of what was there. Uh, it's like, the early versions are a flash cartoon versus like an animated 3d animated feature. And what's being done now, the characters are still recognizable as themselves. And I think that speaks to the strength of the design initially. Oh, I, cause I never thought about that way. How so West plays such an important role in character design. I'm really glad you brought that up in this, uh, conversation. Yeah. So, so, important. so final fantasy seven had, so there's the main game, which, you know, everyone knows there was actually a, a prequel made, um, which kind of that's a separate thing. But there's actually a, a sequel made to the game that was done in movie format. And uh, they actually changed up Cloud's design for that movie. So I'm very curious on your thoughts on it. If that if you still feel that it's the same character design or not the same character design, but if you still get the same vibes from that character based on this design, which I'm going to pop over to you in a second. All right. Clicked on it. Um, I mean, I still see the same silhouette. I, I know he has one arm covered, but I still see the spiky hair. Mm-hmm. still see the blue light blue eyes and the gentle features. Um, one arm is still exposed in terms of the skin. The, that little like cloak around his waist covers up some of him. Um, it's still just one shoulder pad. I, I don't see it as dramatically different. Um, I think the stuff in the game is probably a little better in terms of um, describing the character through design. But I also, this makes me wonder, like, by covering up portions of him, it probably makes the animation less expensive and quicker, which is always a consideration when you're, uh, when you're designing for animation, TV, film or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't see it as terribly different. I still see the same, same general character. Okay, cool. 
Well, Sean, that's all the time I had for, or excuse me, that's all the questions I had for today. Do you have any questions for me in terms of the game itself or anything you want to know about the game that I can try and answer before we go? No, no, I think that was a good talk. No, well, Sean, I thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm thrilled that we were able to set this up and hopefully we can continue the conversation at uh, Heroes Con when it happens. If it's gonna yeah, happen. yeah, that's the big question right now. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning into Tent, a Final Fantasy VII podcast. My name is Bobby, here with Sean Crystal. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Anytime, Sean. Always welcome. Yeah.